Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook, joined by Justin Wells. Today, we got another edition of Answering 10 Tough Questions about Longhorn football, some other Longhorn topics mixed in. So, Justin, you ready to uh, be put on the hot seat and give some some answers on what you think is going to be happening, not only on the field, but on the trail and maybe even on the diamond? Bring it on a Thursday. It is a Thursday. We always do this on Thursday. Thank you for tuning in, but let's go ahead and get started. Got a pretty interesting one. Uh, could go a lot of different ways. Who do you think is the guttiest player on the team? The guttiest player on the team? That's easy. That's Jaron Thompson. I see. Yeah. I, I I think you may want to save him for what the next question is going to be. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead. Uh, if you're going to go defense, I'll go offense on guttiest. I'll say Jordan Whittington. Um, and I not because he's playing through injury, but uh, I, I hope that we at Inside Texas and I think even across the market have illustrated what Jordan Whittington has had to do just to maintain his ability to be on the field. Like he is in the training room all the time. He works on his body um, and he runs tough. He plays tough. And I think that's a, an aspect of guttiest that may not always be you know, recognized uh, the right. hours off the field as opposed to the hours, you know, you, the three hours a week we see on the field. And um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to, to Whittington there. Whittington, Number two. Whittington, go ahead. A guy, I mean, Whittington is 100% an easy pick. The, the reason I went with Jaron is because <clears throat> if people understood the story, his background, how he got to Texas, not just his life, not just his family life, but when he got offers – when, what happened with some of those offers when he went to a school to commit and they didn't take the offer. Like Jaron went through some stuff and in life and, and, and that man, I'm telling you for him to be on the 40 acres and to be as successful as, as he is, is I'm not surprised at all, but that man came out the mud. That kid came out of some real hard stuff. And that's why I give him that. I, but, but Winnington, man, that, that's a good choice too. I, that one could go either way. Yeah, and, and Lufkin uh, just had another player commit to a Power 5 program, I believe. So Adrian Young, uh, part Day. of a strong tradition over there with the Wolfpack in, in East Texas. We'll move to number two, though. Who's the smartest player on the team? Ah, now I know why you told me to wait for number two. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, I can give you time to think. So you I go think ahead. You, go you ahead. can take you go this first. two different directions. You can go who understands the schemes or who is got the highest GPA. Hayden and I Connor. think, like, like, like he said, I, I think Jaron, no one gets that defense quite like Jaron Thompson does. And it's not an easy one. They run yeah. a variety of coverages, and he is someone who is able to communicate to both sides, communicate forward, um, I think, football-wise and off-the-field-wise as well. If you've ever heard Jaron, and got to interact with him, all he does is lift people up. And I know that's yeah. kind of a cliche thing, but I've never heard him say right. a bad thing about anybody. Book smarts, though, it may be Hayden Connor. Yeah, uh, that is a smart cookie. Um, I don't know of any guys who are in plan two. Obviously, there's some guys who are on the uh, in the Macomb School business, but Hayden Connor's balancing an engineering degree with playing offensive line at the Power Five. And I know some guys who... Uh, they may be even watching. They spent some long nights in the library getting ready for their engineering degree. And I don't think they were doing, I think Hayden may be doing aerospace. They weren't doing aerospace. They'll admit that too. So 
uh, even if not, he's in the uh, Cockrell School of Engineering. He's putting in some hours on and off the field. And uh, he's also, you know, shown a lot of success off the field as well. I think Jaron and, and Hayden Connor, the big NASA. I think those have got to be your two choices. If we're going to go offense, defense, which I really prefer. But now I understand what you meant about Jaron. People don't understand. He might have the one of the highest GPAs on the team. Jaron is a smart kid, and he works so hard. It's just hard not to put him in both those categories. Good questions. So, uh, number three, we'll move to the recruiting trail. Um, do you have any outstanding RPM picks right now? Is there any that you can think of that you've got? Because the next question is, yeah, I do. Who is the next commitment, and when will it be? Okay, um, I do have an outstanding RPM pick. It's for Daniel Cruz, the offensive lineman out of North Richland Hills. Um, I don't think he's going to be the next commit, but I do feel very strongly that he will be committed to Texas and signed with the Longhorns. Um, if I'm predicting the next commit, um, I mean, Texas fans want a commit in June. I get it. it right now, I don't know if anybody's going to drop in June. Now, in July – we can see three or four guys in that first couple of weeks happening. And so I'm going to go offense, defense, kind of like how you, the, the, the format that you had. Um, the next defensive player, I'll go with Alex January, defensive lineman out of Duncanville. The next offensive player, I'll just guess, will be Parker Livingstone, wide receiver out of Lucas Lovejoy. Um, not saying those are in stone. We're guessing rapid fire questions here. But if I'm taking one offense, one defense, those are probably my guesses for the next two pick, next two guys to jump in. And Livingstone has his date set, correct? He's July, going on all his, yeah, July first. He just saw South Carolina. He's going on all his official visits. Uh, but you know, a lot of these guys, it's it's July is kitchen table time. They haven't set their dates quite yet. We do know with Livingstone that it's uh, July first. And yeah, I, I'm I'm also with you on Cruz. You know. Not that uh, I'm working off any information, but you can just look at the fact pattern. That guy's been to Texas a few times. One time was even a little unannounced, caught us by surprise, yeah. uh, which doesn't happen too often. Um, and he will, I think he'll have been on Texas campus at least three or four times this spring. I don't think any other place, maybe except for OU or AM, can can match that. And we haven't heard a buzz surrounding Cruz in those schools like we have with Cruz in Texas. So, uh, you know, those are, I like those two picks. I like those two names. And yeah, I, I think I, I like where your RPM stands as well. All right. So we got June official visits upcoming. Do you have a, you know, a, a, who is the biggest official visitor that Texas has coming in throughout the course of the month on each side of the ball? Now, remember, you can go to Inside Texas. We'll probably be, probably be publishing or have published a, a list of, visitors coming in town in june by the time this video is posted so check insidetexas.com for that but who is your biggest official visitor on each side of the ball in june and you know i'm gonna make this a little bit tougher because i know you were gonna say micah hudson and i was ah! gonna say colin simmons those ah! guys are ranked number four in the country and number three in the country so you understand so that kind of shows hey you can't pick two of the top five players in the country because we already know, and I know. But I'm making you flex your, your muscle here a little bit. Who's you know, another big official visitor on each side of the ball that you have coming in uh, over the course of June? 
Man, thank you, Texas, for inviting more than just Micah Hudson and Colin Simmons so I can sound somewhat smart. Um, no, June 16th to the 18th, that 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 that's Christian Clark territory, man. And let me tell you something, Texas absolutely loves that tailback out of Arizona. And he is a giant fan of Bijan Robinson. And so that recruitment, it's it's the trajectory is on its course. It's doing a, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, according to you know sources close to the program. Coach Choice loves this guy, um, Christian Clark. That's a big one. People want me to say Jarrett Gibson, and I promise you, Jarrett Gibson is if it's one A, it's one B. Like these two guys are both the top two guys in this class, and these are the two guys Texas has identified on defense. If I can't have Colin Simmons, give me Kobe Black. July Does he make your official visit uh, in June? June? I believe June 23rd to the 25th. Right. Kobe Black, one of the top corners in the nation. Um, and, and the thing about Kobe, with Texas dealing with Colin Simmons, you're battling LSU right now and, and, and a host of other schools, but really LSU for that one. With Michael Hudson, you're battling Texas Tech and obviously a host of other ones, but mainly with Texas Tech. With Kobe, Texas looks fantastic. Now, he's got some visits coming up. I believe he's going to go see Oregon in a couple weeks in an unofficial capacity. Uh, Oklahoma still going to get a trip. I believe TCU is still in the mix as well. But at the end of the day, if I can't have Colin and Micah as my top two guys, I'm going to go top guys on the priority list, and that's Christian Clark and Kobe Black. Yeah, I really like those. You know, I'll, I'll stay in the defensive backfield. I, I think Selman Bridges is just a player that, uh, is very unique. Now he is he making it in in June? Twenty third to the twenty fifth with oh, Mike Hudson. He's one of the guys making it in June. You know he provides length that a lot of defensive backs don't have, and he already in, in talking with us, talking with me after visits, he's already open to having a very versatile role. I don't think he's like I'm a cornerback. I have to be no. a corner. He he knows that. Hey, you move me around the defensive backfield, I'll do whatever you want. And I think there's a lot of value in that, um, especially when he, a player, is already has that line of thinking before they even step foot on any campus. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and say him because I think that he would allow for Terry Joseph and company to have a lot of different versatility, a lot of different options. After if something were to happen with their top targets, you always have backups, but he allows you to maybe take a guy at this position instead of this position because you know you have him and can put him here. So. Uh, plus, hey, if 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 he has a great time at Texas, that's a guy who sees Micah Hudson every single day and can talk to him about it. Now, I know they have two different recruitments, but heck, even you got a quote from them saying, you know, of all the places that we see together, Texas is the only place where we can see each other playing together. Right. So uh, that's my guy on the uh, defensive side of the ball on offense. You know, if I can't pick Micah Hudson, I'm going to pick Ryan Wingo. If I can't have one five-star wide receiver, I'm going to have another. There um, you go. Texas recruiting an area doesn't really get into very often in, in the Missouri area. I think the St. Louis area um, battling a host of teams. You know, home state Mizzou's right there. Oklahoma's right there. SEC, you know, all those teams are involved. But that would be a, you know, Micah Hudson, that's an in-state kid. He's an hour away. That would be a win, and it'd be a win over a lot of different programs. Huge if win. Texas and Chris Jackson and Steve Sarkeesian can go into Missouri and get a top wide receiver, one of the top wide receivers. That'd be huge, and I think that would indicate a lot about the direction of this class. So um, let's move on. We who, was the last wide who was the last 
wide receiver Texas went into St. Louis to get Marcus Washington, who had a pretty go. He had a pretty yeah, after he transferred out, he had a pretty good year, I think, with the the Cornhuskers, and uh, I'm not sure where he's at now. So I may skip number five. I don't. I didn't word it the right way. So this may be a nine question night. So I'm going to switch it over to the diamond. What's your prediction between Texas and Stanford this weekend? Game one is on Saturday. Game two Sunday. The if necessary game is on Monday. Stanford is number nine national seed. Texas defeated uh, Miami in the Coral Gables regional to advance to this round. The Aggies didn't hold up their end of the bargain to make a Lone Star showdown super regional. So it'll be the Horns and the Cardinal. What do you uh, what do you see from this weekend? You know, pitching. Pitching, pitching, and pitching. I think that's what Stanford's strength is. I know Texas, they went through Coral Gables on on the arms of Lucas Gordon, LeBaron Johnson, and that bullpen. And so I I think that's going to be the key. For Texas, it's also timely hitting. Uh, Obviously, we know Dylan Campbell is a a machine. He's going to get on base. Uh, But, you know, to me, it's I don't think you're going to have a lot of nine-run innings like they did in the second great game against Miami. And so Texas is going to have to be better on the timely hitting. They're going to because Stanford, this is going to be tough. Going to Palo Alto is 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 always hard. That that that's a place that appreciates their baseball. And so at the end of the day, um, I like Texas chances, but I do because they're playing really well right now. They just fit, you know finished a strong Big Twelve conference. Um, they're playing smart. They're playing hard. David Pierce, there's something there. You know, this is supposed to be a rebuilding year yet. They're they're still they're in the super regionals for the fourth time in the last six years. And so I like Texas chances, but I really prefer your opinion on this one. Yeah. So I think there's been a I'll I'll pick this off from a good friend, Danny Davis. Texas has a better super regional staff than a regional staff. And that's meant to say, you know, if you only have three games, you can kind of you can hope that the top line of that Texas bullpen. Uh, that only has to get you to three games, maybe even two games. You don't have to go deeper and deeper because you're missing two guys. I believe in Heston Toll and uh, I'm forgetting the name of the, the left-hander Rice transfer. Uh, so you're missing two of your guys. You didn't have to go seven games. You didn't have to go like Stanford and pitch one of your better players again on Monday just to stave off elimination. So uh, I think that Texas can take this series. I think they can take it in two. Um, I think, again, it'll be consistency from the bullpen of Zane Morehouse and Charlie Hurley uh, can pitch like they did last week. That is huge for yeah. Texas. Uh, but it's also the bottom of the lineup. You, you have a good expectation of what, what one through six is going to get you. But if Jalen Flores and Jack O'Dowd and uh, even Mitchell Daly can keep giving you uh, run production at the bottom of the lineup, in addition to what you've gotten from Jared Thomas, uh, Peyton Powell, Dylan Campbell, Porter Brown, Garrett Gilmet, all those guys. That makes Texas look like a more complete team than what we saw at some points of this year. So give me Texas in three. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I think they can do it. Um, they're, if they were going to a more intense environment, I don't know what I would think. Uh, but, you know, Sunken Diamond is <laughs> a great baseball. It's a great baseball place. That is no, a program that has a lot of tradition. I don't know how rowdy they're going to get in Palo Alto. One more baseball question, and we can make this one real quick. Who's got the better outing this weekend, Lucas Gordon or LeBaron Johnson? Lucas Gordon, Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. Gino. Gino. I like, I like that too. He's He's been he's been consistent all year. 
He'll be pitching close to home. He's from the Los Angeles area. Uh, I know it's a couple hours away, but closer than uh, Austin is. So I'll go with I'll go with you on that one, Lucas Gordon, and uh, that gets started on Saturday night at five. Don't have to stay up till about eleven thirty, like regionals of the past. All right, ready to switch back to football. Four Longhorns were first team All Big Twelve selections last year. You had Bijan Robinson, Jatavian Sanders, Demarvin Overshone, and Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford. How many players make the first team All Big Twelve team this season? For the Longhorns. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. At least. So let's go. We got at Kelvin least Banks. four. At least four. At Kelvin least four. Banks. Kelvin Banks, Jatavian Sanders, Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford. And you know one of those DBs is going to pop up on there. I'm going to say Ryan Watts. So there's five. I've got I've got it. I've got it as five. Plus five, plus five. Okay, because I could see someone else sneaking in on there, another offensive lineman sneaking on there, or uh, a wide or Xavier Worthy. We're not even talking about the X Man with health. Like that's another guy. So I'm gonna say five plus. Yeah, I, five and so, a half. I think I think that's fair. Um, I think Kelvin Banks is gonna get it done. Um, I think Jatavian Sanders is as well. There are good offensive linemen in this conference and. Uh, one of them is in Manhattan, Kansas. So quarterback, that'll be an interesting one because I think Jalen Daniels can have a really big year and, and be a, a darling among the coaches. Uh, so so we got Kelvin, we got Jatavian. I'll do Xavier Worthy. I think health and, uh, you know, if he comes in with the same focus that he's had all the time when he's in that facility, I don't think there's a better wide receiver in this program. Um, I'll go to defense. You know what? I'm going to say Byron Murphy instead of Tavondre Sweat. I, After I what we saw this spring from Sweat, I, it's a bold claim, I know, but I, I think Murphy, I think Murphy's going to get some more uh, pass rushing stats, and I think that'll probably shift some opinions of coaches or SIDs. We forgot today, Barron. I think that's going to be a player who's underrated. Uh-huh. And you know what? I will go. I'll do Sweat too. So that's that's six. I I'm gonna go ahead and say are gonna be We're stretching it. At, but I mean, Texas by and large is thought to have the most talented roster. Even a lot of metrics yeah. say that. And um, you know, I, I didn't look to see. I know that Moro Ojimo and Keandre Coburn were second team last year. Uh, I can't remember if anybody else was. Maybe Christian Jones was as well. There's someone. What, we're I think what, okay, was Watts honorable mention? He may have been on honorable mention. It's great, but and Worthy was, or Worthy was second team, I think. Right. So there's a lot of players on the cusp, and yeah, we'll see what's able. All right, this one should be a little bit more thought provoking, um, a little bit more. Which Texas assistant coach do you think is the next to become a head coach? Kyle Flood. 
Really? I, that yeah. was one I was thinking about in my head. And I, know- I mean, there's there's some youth. There's a lot of youth on this. Not this is a this is an interesting staff. There's it's a really good mixture of youth and vets. And you've got a few guys I feel like that could have gone the head coaching route years ahead, years you know years years ago, and kind of kind of found their role, found their niche as say a, a court defensive coordinator or offensive line coach. To me, Kyle Flood would be the most. If I was a if I was a college AD and I came to Texas and they said, "All right, they've got a great thing going here. You you can pick one of these guys, one of these assistants to bring to be a head football coach." Kyle Flood would be the guy I'd pick. Yeah, I'm with you there. At, at Rutgers, wasn't given the best situation. I can't remember if he took over for Chris Ash or he took over for Shiano. Uh, Chris but, Ash. But by that time, I mean, Shiano got out while the getting was good. That's why he went to the NFL. Yeah. Um, of course, bringing up a Rutgers program and Flood just – that was just a Rutgers program that wasn't serious about football. And it seems to be a little bit more so. Uh, Flood would – I wonder if he would go back to that – northeast part of the country or if he would try something maybe anywhere else around here uh should it open you know the other thing is there are guys on the texas staff in addition to flood who've been head coach jeff choate at the division at the fcs level led a really good montana state program um jeff banks was the interim head coach uh after kevin Sumlin got fired at texas a&m that's right win um and he's interviewed a few times for various head coaching jobs um you know, I think t- uh, Terry Joseph would be a good candidate to be a head coach. Um, trying to think who else. There's some guys. I think Bashar Choice could would be an interesting choice. Would be an interesting uh, choice at OC. I think that might be his next step if he doesn't, you know, try to potentially go to the NFL. I think becoming an OC could be his next step. So Choice is a guy you could have that conversation as well. Yeah, and he's he's got – you can tell that Tashard Choice has an eye for what the good offenses are. Now, granted, running the triple option is a little bit different, but when you're at Georgia Tech, that's that's what you had to do. But remember where he went. Lincoln Riley hired him from Georgia Tech, and then Steve Sarkeesian hired Tashard Choice from, from USC. So the guy understands offense and I'm sure has seen and has his own playbook that would be very attractive to – come out of the Steve Sarkeesian tree. So, but to put, put an answer down next assistant in line. You know what? I, I think I'll put down, Go Bo. I'll, I'll Bo say, Bo. I'll say Jeff Banks. I think, I, I think that his recruiting prowess all across the country and his understanding of a phase and just how programs work, big programs work. Yeah, somebody's gonna like that. Now, maybe Mountain West team. It may be, you know, if something happens with Washington State, his alma mater in the next few years, it may be that. But yeah, uh, that'll be my pick. Last one. Who's the next first round pick for the Horns? I think you've answered this before, and I think I know your answer. Yeah, Kelvin Banks. Kelvin so Banks you're gonna and, and or it's gonna be two. I mean, Kelvin will go in the first, and Quinn will go in the early mid first. But Kelvin's not gonna be able to go till the twenty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so, it's Quinn yours. Quinn yours right. and Jatavian. It's Quinn yours and Jatavian Sanders. Those are your, those will be Texas two first rounders in twenty twenty four. I'll say Sanders. I think that's uh, definitely. I think he'll be he'll do enough to where he'll be featured in eleven personnel and probably have a higher pick as a result but i can see quinn going i'm not there yet 
but I can see it happening. You're I know you're there. We talked about this before. We I want to throw one more at the end, like a, like a final, a bonus question. Who wins the AL West? Rangers. But the Astros are still making the playoffs. I, I got the Astros winning, winning the AL West. Hopefully, hopefully the Rangers get a wild card. But I got the Astros winning it. I'm telling you, the best team in baseball in the last five years. Until I see different, I'm staying the course. It pains me to say that. So, but talking a little bit, we talk on Texas everything. Got a little Texas baseball, got a little Texas Longhorns baseball, and of course, Texas football. So, Justin, thank you for joining us on this fine Thursday morning. And like I mentioned, that list of official visitors is up on Inside Texas, will be when this video is posted. Make sure you check out Inside Texas, like this video, subscribe to the channel. We're going to have a ton of great stuff here in the off season and upcoming. And for Justin Wells, for our producer, Matthew Hutchison, we will see you next time.